0: Come have a seat in the Skald Circle and hear the tale of the Princess of the Brazen Mountain, as told by Casimir. Before we begin our tale, we'd like to remind you that we release new stories for free weekly on Wednesdays on our website, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, Podbean, and more. Visit www.theskaldcircle.com for more information. Now... This begins the tale of the Princess of the Brazen Mountain. There was a young prince who was not only most handsome and well-grown, but also most kind-hearted and good. Now, sooner or later, kindness always meets its reward, though it may not seem so at first. One summer's evening the prince was walking on the banks of a lake when he looked up and saw, to his great surprise in the air, against the rosy clouds of the sunset, three beautiful beings with wings. Not angels, nor birds, but three beautiful damsels. And having alighted on the ground, they dropped their wings and their garments, and left them lying on the shore, and leapt into the cool water, and began splashing and playing about in it, like so many waterfowl. As soon as the prince saw this, he came from his hiding place in the bushes, and picked up one pair of wings and hid himself again. When they had been long enough in the water, the beautiful damsels came again to the land and dressed themselves quickly. Two of them sued Hanan both their white dresses and their wings, but the youngest could not find hers. They held a short consultation, and the result was this, that the two elder flew away in the shape of birds as fast as they could to fetch another pair of wings for the younger sister. They soon vanished into the blue sky but she remained alone, wringing her hands and crying. "'What are you crying for, lovely maiden?' asked the prince, emerging from the bushes. "'Oh, I am so unhappy,' she replied. "'I am a princess of the Brazen Mountain. My sisters and I came here to bathe in the lake, and somebody has stolen my wings, so I must wait here until they bring me another pair.' "'I am a prince,' he replied. "'This is my father's kingdom.' Be my wife, and I will give you back your wings. Very well, she said. I consent. Only you must give me back my wings at once. Let us go first to church and get married, he answered. Taking the lovely princess by the hand, he brought her to his father and mother and asked their permission to marry her. The king and queen were delighted with their beautiful daughter-in-law, gave them their blessing and all was got ready for the wedding, and directly they came back from the church the prince, overcome with joy, kissed his bride and gave her back her wings. She took them joyfully, fastened them to her shoulders, then flew out the window and vanished. All the wedding guests were in consternation, and the king looked very serious. The queen wept bitterly, but the prince was so grieved after his bride that having obtained his parents' consent, he went out in the wide world to search for that brazen mountain where he hoped to find her. He travelled for a long time, inquiring about it to everyone he met. But no one had ever heard of such a mountain, and he began to give up all hope of ever finding it. Late one evening he saw a twinkling light before him, which he followed, in the hope of coming to some habitation. It led him on a long way across level plains, through deep defiles, and at length some way into a dark forest. At last he came to whence the light proceeded, a solitary hermitage. He went in and found the hermit lying dead, with six wax candles burning around him. He had evidently been dead for some time, yet there seemed to be no one near him, nor any inhabitants at all in this desolate region. The prince's first thought was how to get him buried and with proper rites, when there was no priest, nor indeed any people at all, to be found in the neighborhood. While he was thinking over this, something fell from a peg in the wall, close beside him. It was a leather whip. The prince took it up and read on the handle these words. The Magic Whip. As he knew its virtue, he called out, Ho! Magic Whip! To right and left skip! Do what I will! The whip jumped from his hand and became invisible and flew away. In a short time there was a hum of multitude through the forest and the head forester entered, breathless, followed by a crowd of underkeepers and many more people with them. Some set about making a coffin, others began digging a grave, and the headkeeper rode off to fetch a priest. As soon as it was dawn mass said, the bells began ringing from several far-distant churches, and at sunrise the corpse was decently buried. When the funeral was over, the people dispersed to their homes, and the magic whip returned itself to the prince's hand. He stuck it into his girdle and went on, till after an hour or two he came to a clearing in the forest where twelve men were fighting desperately amongst themselves. "'Stop, you fellows!' exclaimed the prince. "'Who are you, and what are you fighting about?' "'We are robbers,' they replied. "'And we are fighting over these boots, which were property of our deceased leader. "'Whoever has them can go seven leagues at one step, and he who gets them will be our leader. "'As you are a stranger, we will abide by your decision, as to whom this pair of boots shall belong, "'and give you a heap of gold to the bargain for your trouble.' The prince drew on the boots, took the magical whip from his girdle, and said, Ho! Magic whip! To right and left skip! And do what I will! The whip jumped from his hand and became invisible, and thrashed the robbers. In the midst of the confusion, the prince made his escape, and having the boots on, he went seven miles at every step, and was soon far enough away from the robber's den. But as he was no nearer to finding out where the brazen mountain was, he had no need to go quite so fast. So he took off the 7 league boots, and put them under his arm, and the magic whip in his girdle, and went at his ordinary pace, till he came to a narrow path between some rocks, and where again he came upon twelve men fighting. They explained that they were fighting for an invisible cap, which had belonged to their late leader, and asked him as a stranger to decide who should have it. So he set the magic whip as before to work, and there was a nice confusion among these robbers. For not seeing where the blows came from, they fell upon one another, and at last, frightened out of their senses, they took flight, and scattered in all directions. The prince, having put on the invisible cap, was able to walk among them and talk to them, and they all heard, though they could not see him. He now began to consider whether he could not use all these treasures to help him find the brazen mountain. So he drew on the seven-league boots, settled the invisible cap on his forehead, and, taking the magic whip from his girdle, said, Oh, thou wondrous magic whip, lead me on, I will follow thee. Onward to the brazen mountain, lead me where I fain would be. The magic whip sprang from his hand. It did not become invisible this time, but glided rapidly a little above the ground, like a boat over a calm sea. Though it flew like a bird, the prince was able to keep quite pace with it, because he had on the seven-league boots. He was scarcely aware of the fact, when in less than a quarter of an hour they came to a standstill at the brazen mountain. At first the prince was overjoyed at having reached the goal of his wishes, but when he looked more closely at its smooth perpendicular sides, hard as adamant, its summit lost in the clouds, he was in despair. For how was he ever to get to the top of it? However, he thought there must be some way up after all. So taking off his boots and cap, he set up to walk round the base of the mountain. In half an hour he came to a mill, with twelve millstones. The miller was an old wizard with a long beard down to the ground. He stood up beside a stove whereupon a kettle was boiling, stirring the contents with a long iron spoon and piling wood on the fire. The prince looked into the kettle. Good morning to you, gaffer. What are you doing here? That's my own business, said the miller gruffly. What mill is this? the prince asked next. That's no business of yours, replied the miller. The prince was not going to be satisfied with this, so he gave his usual orders to the whip, which forthwith became invisible, and began to lash the miller soundly. He tried to run away, but there was no use, till the prince took pity on him and called the whip back again. He put it up and said, Whose mill is this? It belongs to the three princesses of the Brazen Mountain, replied the miller. They let down a rope here every day and draw up all the flour they want by the rope. As he said this, a thick silken rope came down with a loop at the end, which struck the threshold of the mill. The prince made ready, and when the usual sack of wheat flour was bound fast in the loop, he climbed upon it, and having first put on his invisible cap and was thus drawn up to the top of the brazen mountain. The three princesses, having drawn up their supply of flour, put it into their storehouse and went back to their dwelling. The palace was most beautiful all silver without and all gold within. All the windows were made of crystal, and the chairs and tables made of diamonds, on the floors of looking-glass. The ceiling was like the sky, with mimic stars and moon shining therein. And in the principal saloon there was a sun, with rays all around. Beautiful birds were singing, monkeys were telling fairy tales, and in their midst amongst all this sat three most beautiful princesses. The two eldest were weaving golden threads in their looms, but the youngest, the prince's wife, sat silently apart from her sisters, listening to the murmur of the fountain, her head leaning on her hand in deep thought. And she sat there, two pearly tears coursed down her lovely face. What are you thinking of, sister? asked the two elder princesses. I am thinking of the prince, my husband. I love to think of him, and I am so sorry for him, poor fellow. To think I left him for no fault at all, and when we loved one another so dearly. Oh, sisters, I shall have to leave you and go back to him. Only I fear he will never forgive me. However I entreat him, for having behaved so unkindly to him. I forgive you! I forgive you everything, darling! exclaimed the prince, throwing off the invisible cap and embracing her rapturously. Then she gave him wings like her own, and they flew away together. In an hour or two they arrived in his father's kingdom. The king and queen welcomed them joyfully, and all was greatest joy and happiness henceforth. And that is the tale of the Princess of the Brazen Mountain. Thank you for listening to our story. If you enjoyed it, please take a look at our Patreon page and learn how you can earn great rewards while also supporting us. A special thank you to Kat for their support this month. It means the world to us. Remember, we release new tales for free weekly on Wednesdays. Find out where you can hear them on our website at www.scaldcircle.com. Once again, thank you for listening to our story.